Hey there, Restaurant Pros, it's Dave Scott Peters, and welcome to episode 46 of the Restaurant Prosperity Formula. I've been coaching restaurant owners since 2003, and the Restaurant Prosperity Formula is based on what the most successful restaurant owners I've worked with do on a daily basis to achieve their success. The basic premise of the formula centers around achieving prosperity, freedom from your restaurant, and the financial freedom you deserve. To achieve prosperity, you have to follow a very specific formula made up of leadership, systems, training, accountability, and taking action. Today's topic is going to answer the age-old question of what should you do if your actual food cost is running much higher than your ideal food cost. Let's get started. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode is being brought to you by Repeat Returns. If you're a restaurant owner of a medium to high volume independent restaurant, multi-unit or franchise operator, and you're looking for a proven and realistic solution to attract, grow and retain customers, then you need to visit Repeat Returns. Repeat Returns is a modern marketing platform created by a restaurant owner for restaurant owners. It studies each customer's habits and patterns, predicts the most profitable outcome for your restaurant every single day, and deploys the marketing to make that happen. You'll never lift a finger. To see if Repeat Returns is right for you, visit repeatreturns.com forward slash DSP. Did you know that every Friday, travel schedule permitting, I do a Facebook Live in my private Facebook groups? It's called Shoot the Shit with DSP. Well, if you've been following me for any length of time, you know that's an appropriate title. I have two groups. One of my groups is for my members. These are my paid coaching members, part of my group coaching program, my one-on-one, -on -one, my mastermind groups. These are my members. The second group is called Restaurant Owner Coaching and Support. You can find it on YouTube, search it out. And this is for those of you who are not members to give you access to me. The idea behind the live show called Shoot the Shit with DSP is to invest about 30 minutes out of your day to get pumped about the upcoming weekend, get excited about crushing your goals, and finding the motivation to be the best you possible. Plus, on those lives, I answer your burning questions. It's like getting free coaching. At the time of my recording this podcast, on my last Friday's Shoot the Shit with DSP, one of my newest members asked me a question. The question was, what should we do when our actual food cost is running much higher than our ideal food cost? And this was such a great question. I answered on the live, but I wanted to dive into it in greater detail and share it with you. In a perfect world, here's what you need to have in place to answer this question accurately. Number one, you have to have current, up-to-date, accurate recipe costing cards, both for your batch recipes, that is soups, side dishes, sauces, components to, to dishes, desserts, anything you manufacture yourself, plus your item recipe cards, which is anything you sell to your guest. So recipe cards are critical. The second thing you've got to have is a point of sale system that you can run a PMIX report, product mix, velocity report, item by item sales mix report, doesn't matter what they call it, what did I sell? What are my Customers actually purchase from me during a single unit of time, whether that's a week, a month, a year, does not matter. From this point to this point, what did they actually purchase? The third thing is weekly food inventories, because we're going to talk about how important it is to make sure we know what's on our shelves that we can calculate our food cost. Now, let's start off with defining and understanding what is your ideal food cost and how is it calculated? Your ideal food cost is based on if your kitchen operated perfectly. There was no waste, no theft, no spoilage, perfect restaurant, which does not exist. 
Again, a perfect restaurant does not exist. This is based on what your customers actually ordered. So let me kind of give you an example. It's, it's a nasty mathematical term called a weighted average. So let's say you have a two item menu. This is what I used to teach at some workshops and seminars I used to give live before the pandemic, right? We'll be start doing those again here soon, I hope. But with that said, let's say your restaurant only sells two items. And the first item has a 1% food cost. The second item has a 99% food cost. And let's say during a, 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 any given period of time, we'll call it a calendar month, you sell 100 items and you sell 99 of them at a 1% food cost and one at 99%. So you sell 99 items out of a 1% food cost and only one at a 99% food cost. What would your food cost be? About 1%. Because you sold one item at a high food cost, that doesn't move the needle. Vice versa, same menu, different month, and we sell 100 items again, and 99 of them at a 99% food cost and one at 1%. What's your food cost? 99%. You see, based on this weighted average, what your customers actually purchase, this is what determines what your food cost should be. This allows you to sell a frozen appetizer out of a box at a 38% food cost because you don't sell so many of them. But because you, you sell the living heck out of your hand-cut, fresh-cut French fries at a 5% cost goods sold, you can run a really low food cost. So the only way to know what your ideal food cost is, is you've got to have recipe costing cards, and your product mix, a POS system, because your ideal food cost is basically based on what your customers actually purchased, not some industry average, not 34%. I could have a steakhouse running a 38% food cost and make money because of cash contribution, and I could have a pizza pasta place running at a 22% and make money. We're not going to dive into prime cost and, and why one higher, one lower meaning labor versus cost of goods sold is good or bad or indifferent. But we are going to continue to focus on your actual food costs. Because remember, the question is, my food cost is running much, much higher than my ideal cost. So we know what our ideal cost is now. That's based on theoretical. No waste, no theft, no spoilage, perfect restaurant based on what my actual customers purchased and accurate up-to-date recipe costing cards. Critical. So what is your actual food cost and how is it calculated? This is what your food cost is. What most people say, hey, what's your food cost? This is based, this is that number. Your actual food cost is based on what actually leaves the shelves for basically the money that comes in the door. So the idea is if I were to run a 30% food cost, it means that for every dollar it comes in in food sales, I use 30 cents in product. So if I have a $15 burger and I've got, you know, lettuce, tomato, onion, the burger patty itself, cheese, I've got a bun, I've got French fries, you get the picture. Well, every dollar comes in, we use 30 cents in product till we kind of 3D print the burger and French fries, right? The 30 cents at a time until boom, I've got my product. Now here's the deal. The only way to know your actual food cost is to take inventory. So I get it. Many of you listening to me right now have not taken an inventory or you do, it's once a year. And it's kind of goes like this. It's tax season. Your CPA calls you up and says, what's your year end inventory? You say, what was it last year? And they tell you and you say, add $500. That's not taking inventory. We actually have to count our products for value. 
By the way, counting product to place an order is not inventory. Inventory is counting every item on the shelves, knowing how much the value of each ounce of cheese to you know, a, a gallon of sauce, to you name it, a case of French fries, whatever's on the shelf, what the actual value is. And we total it up to know what we have on the shelf. Well, that's your beginning inventory. And for the most part, your beginning inventory is your last inventory taken, which is often the ending inventory from last month. Or in my case, I want you to do it weekly. Now you take your beginning inventory plus your purchases. Doesn't matter if they're paid for or not. Anytime a truck drops off, drops off product at your back door, that is a purchase today. I don't care if you pay for it 30, 60, 90 days later. Well, I do, but that's a whole nother story about cash flow and what have you. But the truth of the matter is we follow something called, called accrual accounting, earn OUs. So every time you sell something, whether you collected the money or not, that's a sale according to the government. Every time you have product delivered, whether you pay for it or not, it's a, an expense that day that it shows up. And then use is this process of taking inventory. That's what we're going to do right now is figure out how, when we calculate our food costs, to determine what the use is. And that's a, an adjustment in inventory on our assets and increases or decreases our purchases, our use, if you will. So again, beginning inventory plus purchases, doesn't matter if they're paid for or not. When you add those together, that equals your total available, how much product you could sell. We subtract from that the ending inventory taken at the end of the period. Again, whether monthly or in my case, I want you to do it weekly. This gives us our use. What actually left the shelves, beginning inventory plus purchases minus ending gives us a dollar value, whoop, gone. Well, how can you use your products? Well, number one, we hope we sell them. Number two, there is waste and spoilage. When you throw away half case of tomatoes, when Lurch has a hand that is so large, instead of using portion controls, grabs French fries and throws them on a plate. And instead of six ounces on the plate, eight or nine gets put out on every plate. That's waste. Spoilage was the tomatoes that are turning every Thursday because you're overordering. You get the picture? There's theft. Oh yeah, theft is uses too. You don't get money for that product. And last but not least are comps that are not rung up. So if you're an owner and you want to take tax advantage of your business and you're having a barbecue this weekend and you grab a case of ribs and burgers and buns and you get the picture, case of, of beer and a keg, whatever it may be, you take it and put it in your back, back of your truck and Zoom go off. Well, we need to make sure we're tracking that whether it's rung up or not, in this case, comps that are not rung up, so that we can say, hey, that really wasn't use based on the restaurant. It was me taking the product out the door. So we know how we use product. We sell it. It's wasted, spoiled, stolen, or you took it out the back door and it's your prerogative. So we take our use, what left the shelves, divided by gross sales, and that equals your food cost percentage. So again, in the example, if I have a 30% food cost, right? It's 30 cents on every dollar it comes in. That's what we're calculating. Now, I do want to take a, a quick sidestep and say, remember, if you've been following me in any, any length of time, gross sales is the ring at the register before discounts have been removed and not including sales tax. That's important. Now, did you know that the average restaurant runs seven to nine points above their ideal food cost? Remember ideal food costs? 
perfect restaurant, no waste, no theft, no spoilage, perfect restaurant, which does not exist based on your accurate up-to-date recipe costs and cards and what your customers actually purchased, what your food cost should be in your restaurant with your customers, a perfect restaurant, which does not exist, a typical restaurant runs seven to nine points above ideal. So if your ideal food cost was 30%, typically we're going to see a 37 to 39% food cost. And if I could count how many times I see that, or I have seen that in the, the years I've been coaching since 2003, it would blow your mind. Did you know that while a typical restaurant runs seven to nine points above ideal, that if you had a rock star chef or kitchen manager, I mean, they are just drilling down the numbers. They have well-trained staff. They've got, they are kicking ass. The best I've seen them do is one and a half to two points above ideal. That means if we had an ideal food cost of 30%, if they ran a 32% food cost, you have a rock star on your hands, which means most kitchen managers or chefs may run three or four points above, and we're going to be really working on it at all times, trying to get those last couple points through implementation of systems and menu engineering. So again, now we know what ideal food cost is. We know what actual food cost is, and we know the variance. So it is not unusual for somebody to ask me, why is my food cost so high? And why is it so, so much larger than my ideal food cost? So now that we're on the same page, let's answer my member's question. What should we do if our actual food cost is running much higher than our ideal food cost? What are the concrete steps you can take? Let me give you my short list of actionable items, things that you can do today. And again, I understand we're making an assumption you got recipe cards and a point of sale system. We're making an assumption you're taking inventories, right? For value. So here's my actionable list. Number one, you're gonna implement what I call the key item tracker. That's where we count five to 15 items every shift, the beginning and end of the shift. We compare it to what was actually sold and we find out what the variance is. So if I started with 15 portions of, of shrimp in baggies and I portioned another 15, I have 30 to, to go. And at the end of the shift, I count and I've got five left, right? That means I should have sold 25. Well, if I go into the POS system and I find that I sold 20, there's five missing. So what we're trying to do with the key item tracker is prevent theft. See, if you've been standing there six, eight hours during that day, that's your shift. If those are missing, there's only one person responsible and that's you who's been standing there. So we keep honest people honest. So we're going to reduce theft. Now those five that weren't on, uh, we're not, were, I guess we're missing. They should hopefully be on the waste tracker. If they're not, I have one of two problems happening right now. Either one, I have theft, or worse than theft, I have managers not using the gosh darn systems I put in place to control theft or prevent theft. You get the picture? You see how I see things? I put systems in place to allow me to impose my will without being there. If I don't use the damn system, then I don't get the cost benefit, do I? So that second system, as I just referred to, is the waste tracker. This is just keeping track of, we're throwing away a half a case of tomatoes. Sally, the server's double ordering. We uh, have shellfish went out of date. Somebody dropped a burger. We had a training issue and somebody burnt a steak. 
You get the picture? We're just tracking any reason why we're throwing away product. End of the night, dumping knife pans because the rice got, got uh, brittle. We've got soup that dehydrated too much. You name it. The whole idea is not to play I gotcha, right, with your team. Look what you did wrong. Instead, we get to see what the problem is today and fix it today. Instead of 15 days in the next period, when we get our food costs from the magic fairy called the accountant and go, why is your food cost high? Not looking backwards, but instead seeing today that we had a problem and I can fix it today. Training, repositioning somebody, firing somebody, changing how I order, how I utilize the product. You get the picture proactively changing. Now, oh, by the way, the key item tracker and the waste tracker are both clipboard systems, two clipboard systems. They are the two easiest systems to put in place. I cannot tell you how easy. Print them off, put them on a clipboard, show people how to use them. They are the two hardest systems in the world to get used on a daily basis. Why? Because it requires a manager to inspect them every single shift and make sure they're being used because the moment you take your eye off the ball, they're no longer in place. So it's critical to have managers with these systems. The third system to add to the key item tracker and waste tracker that is incredibly powerful is what I call the restaurant checkbook guardian. It's also known as a purchase allotment system, a budgeted food cost, forecasted sales, my menu mix, tracking my actual sales on my DSR tracker on a daily basis, and an invoice log and a paid out log to track what food purchases were only. I can tell your managers how much money they can spend on their next order to be within budget. Which means I can then set a limit on say $500 over budget. You can just order what you need because here's how much money you can spend. Now, if you go $1 over, one penny over $500, you cannot place the order without asking me for permission. See, what it allows me to do is give up ordering without giving up my checkbook. I'm no longer going to walk into my restaurant with $3,000 of extra food on the shelves because I gave up ordering and somebody did a shitty job. I didn't train them, but I also gave them free flow action to fix any problem they have in the restaurant. And that's me write a check. Nobody looks to see that there's a problem. See, if I go over budget before I can ask for permission to place that order, because you, the owner, are the only one allowed to go over budget, I have to come to you with the problems I found and the solutions I put in place that we stop making the same dumbass mistake day after day after day. It's a simple spreadsheet. These two clipboard systems and this spreadsheet combined, I promise my members, I, in fact, I guarantee them that they'll drop their food costs two to three points. No recipe cards, no inventory, no major systems. So those things on their loan now uh, alone make a huge change. Now here's a few more things you could put in place. One line checklist. Is your line set up? Is, is everything right? Along with the line checklist, number five is a time temp checklist. And number six is a mise en place checklist. Is everything in its place? Do we have the right portion trolls, ladles and, and tongs and what have you? Is everything safe to temperature? So we're not losing product or hurting somebody. So we're ensuring that our, our product is right. Then we add to that pre-portioning products, as many as possible, so that we're not on the fly just kind of grabbing cheese and putting it on a pizza. Instead, we're popping open a little, little Tupperware kind of container and dumping the shred so it's still loose, it's not being compact, and it's the same every single time. That we've got a scale and a metal bowl and throwing French fries in it and weighing it and make sure it's still six ounces and then dump it on the plate. 
ensuring that we're following the actual recipes, right? Not overusing product. And last but not least, number eight is a prep system. Because if I prep too much, I'm throwing away product. I prep too little, I'm pissing off my guests and we're in the middle of the rush, running off the line to chop onions and that's when we get railed and the kitchen falls down. By paying attention to our product with pre-portioning and a prep system, we have a huge opportunity to control and close that gap on our ideal and actual food cost. See, the ultimate goal is this. The exercise is to tighten your kitchen controls to run two points above your ideal food cost. That's it. We're always looking to strive towards bringing that goal, not seven to nine points above ideal, but two. And I will tell you that first two, three points that I guaranteed you with two clipboard systems and the restaurant checkbook guardian to give up ordering without giving up your checkbook, that's easy. Because most restaurants run seven to nine points above ideal by paying attention to your product. Then we add those other little systems in place that require management to pay attention. Create a culture where the details matter to show your kitchen that you are paying attention. And all of a sudden, theft gets reduced. Waste gets reduced. We start controlling how we use our product. And you can't help but find your food costs to drop. Now, what do you do if you don't have recipe cards? What do you do if you're not taking weekly inventories? How do you lower your food cost? And I get it. Many of you listening to me right now don't have any of those things in place. Well, here's the beautiful part. Use the exact same eight systems I just listed out. What you won't know is what your ideal food cost is or your actual food costs are. But what you will see is your bank account getting larger. In a future podcast, I'll basically dive into what you can do to actually change your ideal food cost through the science of menu engineering. We're not going to do that today. In the meantime, if you want to learn more about controlling your food cost, heck, your labor costs, your numbers, and much, much more, I want to make sure you do two things. Be sure and follow these two things. One, I want you to go to YouTube and I want you to search my channel, David Scott Peters. Now, do know that as many of you know, I had an old company, an old company, my original company that my business partner bought me out of. There's years of YouTube videos there. What I want you to do is, hey, watch them. It's still great stuff. But I want you to find my new channel that's only two years old, David Scott Peters. And that's where the freshest, newest stuff is there to help you change your world. So make sure you go to YouTube, find David Scott Peters, and subscribe to my channel. And number two, I want you to go to Facebook. I want you to search for my private Facebook group that you can join. Again, it's called Restaurant Owner Coaching and Support. What you're going to do is you're going to find it. You're going to click the ask to join. There's going to be a couple questions. Are you a restaurant owner? Are you a general manager? Are you willing to follow the rules? Okay. That's important. If you don't answer the questions, I'm not letting you in. My administrators aren't letting you in. So go there understanding you're going to answer those very simple questions. And then I want you to join me every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific time, 11 a.m. Eastern time for Shoot the Shit with DSP. I'm going to be there to help. Hey, that was an awesome episode. I want to thank you for taking the time to take action on building a better, more prosperous restaurant. 
Before you go, I wanna give you these three thoughts. One, by combining leadership and taking action with systems and training being checked by accountability, you are on your way to creating prosperity for you and your restaurant. Two, I have something I need from you. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. By leaving us a review, other restaurant pros seeking out this information are able to find it. I read the reviews and hearing how this information has benefited you does wonders for me. And three, if you find any of the discussions helpful, share them. The more restaurant pros who have access to them, the better we become as an industry. For more restaurant resources or to get in contact with me, connect with me at davidscottpeters.com. Be passionate about what you're doing. Be persistent, but more importantly, become better and help everyone around you become better. And your restaurant is going to kick some ass.